Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In Bloom Podcast, or welcome back. My name is Abby Aslan, and I'm the host of this podcast. And I'm so excited for this week's episode. It's one that I've had sort of as a topic in my queue for quite a while, but I just hadn't fully planned it out yet. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Because I didn't want it to be just a fluff or filler type of episode, I really wanted it to be really intentional and have valuable tips and not really just stuff I threw together just to say I planned an episode this week if you know what I mean so this week we're going to be talking about the 10 ways to romanticize your life on a budget or that don't cost money whatever you want to say and you can argue that some of the things I mentioned sort of incidentally involve spending money but they don't have to the whole principle of them doesn't necessarily involve spending money Um, However, it does go to say that you can definitely enhance some of these things by spending money, but I know when we think of romanticizing things, a lot of times our brain can go to bigger, grander things or just the best or fanciest version of things, but that's not really what romanticizing is about, but I just know that the connotation of the word sort of can suggest that at times when we hear it, so I just want to remind you all that romanticizing your life does not have to be this, you know money pit or investment however you want to look at it there are so many simple ways that really just involve a perspective shift or just a little bit more intentional mindfulness that can really help you romanticize your life on a day-to-day basis and I think that this will be so helpful for anybody who feels like they are in a rut who feels like they're living on autopilot who feels like they're just stuck in the whole you know routine of going to work and just not really having much of a life outside of work and trust me I go through that at least once a quarter where I'm just like literally what am I doing my life is the exact same week to week and it's pathetic I don't you know do much outside of working whether the work is for my corporate job or whether the work is for the podcast and content creation I just feel like I'm always working and I'm not doing much but I sort of have been taking note of different things that I feel help me romanticize my life and these are the things that I definitely do to help me get in more of an intentional mindfulness sort of headspace and a lot of these things do tie in with ways that I've talked about in other episodes such as my episodes that talk about um, getting out of autopilot and everything like that and getting out of a rut. But these are very specific to romanticizing your life and I'll be giving some examples too. So I'm super excited for this week's episode. But before we get started, be sure to rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Definitely helps us show out a lot and be sure you're following um, In Bloom Podcast on Instagram. It's just at In Bloom Podcast. But before we get started with the content of the episode, y'all know I like to start out with the quote of the week and goal and gratitude. And my quote this week comes from The Softest Revolution on Tumblr, but it's something I found on Pinterest. And I really like it because I think it just sort of aligns with the overall message and theme of today's episode. 
And it says, it can be tempting to live your life like a prequel, to live as if you're setting up your own story. And once you lose the weight, once you have the money, once you graduate school, once you're in a real relationship, once, 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 then finally you'll begin to live. And everything you do up until that point is some kind of half-life, some unimportant, unimportant forward you can skip. Don't do this. Inhabit your life completely. Sink fully into the wealth of your existence. The power to manifest is in the fearless owning of who you are so that you can shape where you're going. I especially like the two sentences in this that say, inhabit your life completely, sink fully into the wealth of your existence, because I think that is what romanticizing your life is all about, is, you know, fully being present and attentive in all the areas of your life, even the small areas that you know, don't really seem like they matter in the grand scheme of things. Like this quote says, you know, those things that sort of just feel like a forward um, up until the, you know, more important things have happened or been achieved. And this quote ties a lot to contingent happiness, which is something I talk about all the time on the podcast, you know, not allowing yourself to really be happy with what you have until you've achieved something or until you feel a certain way. And I think that this quote is a great reminder that, you know, you really just have to inhabit your life completely and you have to be fully there for the lows the highs and everything in between no matter how boring or small or mundane it may seem because those are the moments that you know in accumulation they make up your entire existence really so if you really can sink fully into the wealth of your existence like the quote says I think that you can really just transform the way your day-to-day feels if that makes sense so that's a quote for this week's episode and my goal this week is to get back on my sleep schedule and routine y'all know last week I was sick and I'd say up until about Tuesday of this week I was still feeling a little under the weather definitely not near as bad as I was last week but I was still a little bit under the weather so I didn't I went to my first workout in like a week yesterday and that went well and everything I'm feeling pretty much completely better now But since yesterday was the first day, I went back to like a workout in a week, which it's crazy because it's only been a week that I messed up my sleep routine. But I was so so in the habit of waking up at 5.55, going to a 6.30 workout class, and then working, you know, from like 8, 8.30 to whenever. And I was in such a habit of that. And I was so used to being asleep by like 10.30, absolute latest. And it kind of just all went down the drain when I was sick because last weekend I slept till like 9 30 one day which is I can't tell you the last time I slept in that late um and but other than that I also slept for nine and a half hours I think which I have not slept for nine and a half hours straight like through the night and without waking up at like six or seven I haven't done that and even if it's waking up at six or seven I haven't had more than eight hours of sleep probably since like COVID times like back in 2020 like summer of 2020 basically so it's been a while since I've had that much sleep I'm not naturally naturally somebody that can sleep very long though so I think it was much needed but with that being said my sleep routine has been all out of whack and it has made me feel so exhausted this week and drained because my body is like what are you doing you went from 5 55 a.m to like now you're like sleeping a lot more and then you're trying to wake me up early again and it was just a lot because this week I woke up at 5.55 some days I woke up at 7 some days and having that much range just isn't really good for me so really just wanting to get back on routine this week because ultimately and not because I like think I like have to or need to it's more so of just 
I feel so much better and I have so much more energy when I'm consistent with my sleep routine day to day and I'm not waking up at 5.55 one day and 7.15 the next or something. So that is my goal for this week. And my gratitude this week, I'm so thankful to have finally gotten some things done for the wedding that I have been putting off. We got our, this past week, we got our registry um, well, no, our registry has kind of like been done for, I guess, for a, a week or so, but we've been editing some things here and there. And, but the big thing was the linens. I have been putting off our rentals for the linens for so long because I just didn't have like the floor plan finalized. So I didn't really know what I'd need because I didn't know what tables I'd really have and all of this stuff. And there were some save the dates that we got like late addresses for so they needed to be sent out separately and I got those mailed out so I got that done and then I also got the linen um reservation taken care of this week and it feels so good to have like paid the deposit on that and have that out of the way because it has been looming over me for so long and now the thing that's looming over me is the florals and I absolutely must figure out like I need to figure out this weekend what I'm gonna do for the flowers for the ceremony like what's gonna be kind of behind us or beside us in front of us whatever for the florals and we plan on we're using something borrowed blooms which I've been working with them just not like sponsored but just in exchange for credit basically which is so nice because I've created a bunch of content for them and in exchange I've gotten credit and with that credit it's making like all of our florals free basically which is amazing and saves me so much money so I'm very thankful for that too but if you all want to use something bar blooms for your wedding um I do have a discount code and they changed it recently so it's abby a 30 now and that'll get you 30 dollars off your order of 250 dollars or more this doesn't sponsor but I did want to share it with my podcast family because I know YouTube knows and my Instagram knows, but if you only listen to the podcast and you're getting married or maybe you're just having a big event or maybe you're having like an elopement or something, you can rent just like the bride bridal bouquet. You can rent can- fake candles. They have the stands that flowers go on. I know that those can be like stupid expensive for no reason. So renting them is such a great option. And they have like vases you can rent and so many other cool rentals, garlands, things like that. Um, and I just absolutely love the whole like team. Everybody that I've talked to from there has been so great and they're so responsive and helpful. So that's what we're using for our florals. And I absolutely, I know what collection we're using and everything. I just haven't ordered anything because I don't know the quantity of everything that I need yet. So I really need to sit down and like figure out what we're going to have at the ceremony because we're going to repurpose pretty much everything we use in the ceremony for florals for our reception. So I have to figure that out, but it feels really good to at least be, you know, making some more progress with things. And really the last thing I have left that's a big item is the cake. Um, And that's pretty much it. The cake and the florals are like my two big things that are left, which cake's been hard because I haven't, a couple people are going to be like closed on New Year's. So they just aren't like, they're just like, sorry, we we just can't take your order because we're getting married on New Year's Eve, which I absolutely 100% understand and was anticipating that happening. But I haven't found a lot of places um, in Houston, at least, that do like the kind of cake we want with the kind of like frosting we want. Because we found one person and they didn't do any like buttercream cakes, which I thought was kind of weird, but that's what we want. So I was just kind of like, okay, so (laughs) come back to the drawing board. But trying to figure it all out so and I honestly don't even really care to do cake I was perfectly happy doing like a Costco sheet cake but 
I think um, it's something that the families will really want. So I think we're probably just going to do a small individual cake for like just us two um, to cut and then have sheet cakes and whatever other flavors um, from whatever bakery we get it from or whoever we get it from. So it's kind of my plan right now, but um, I'm not a huge cake person, so it's not like I care about it a ton in the first place. But anyways, enough wedding talk. Let's go ahead and get into this episode so we can talk about how to romanticize your life on a budget. So the very first thing is something I've mentioned before. Don't roll your eyes at me. It's important to mention in this episode, but that is to switch up the routine or the order of your daily tasks. So I think this is so important because it basically makes the old things feel new. And that is so valuable because newness has a layer of excitement attached to it. So it helps you romanticize the small daily habits and routines that we tend to overlook because when you sort of switch up the order of something, it makes it feel brand new and then you're able to, you know, really appreciate it more because it feels new and it feels more exciting. And an example of this, you know, if you go on walks daily, you can walk your same route, but in reverse and it's going to feel like, you know, a new walk in a way, or you can walk an entirely new path. Or do you usually make your bed last in your morning routine? Try making it first. Or do you usually, you know, have your coffee with oat milk? Try it with almond milk. I don't know. Just switch things up and try like a new creamer or, you know, start having tea before bed. Just like little things like that that you can do that just sort of switch up your routine so that, you know, you're still doing the things that you always do, but you're just moving things around so that things can feel kind of new and this is something that I have done a lot with exercising so I went through a phase where I pretty much always worked out in the evening from like usually like a 5 30 or 6 30 class and that was what I did for a while and then you know after a couple months of doing that I was just kind of like okay I think I want to try doing lunchtime workouts so I started doing workouts on my lunch break but then like work started getting a little bit busier and it was a little bit more annoying to go at lunch in the middle of the day as much as I love the lunchtime workouts I occasionally still do them on Fridays but as much as I love them it can be really hard to keep up with them I really like doing them during busy season though because it really felt like it split up my long days really nicely and it's you know kind of hard to step away sometimes but I really enjoy doing them at lunch and then now I'm in my morning workout era basically and I love going at 6 30 and I just switch it up all the time and I won't be surprised if you know when winter gets here I'm doing the evening ones again because it doesn't get light out until so much later in the morning so you know this summer I've been enjoying doing the 6 30 a.m workouts because it's been light outside at 6 30 which is super helpful um because it's a lot easier to you know get out of bed and it's not pitch black when I'm walking to my car which I know I've talked to you all about but little things about that it just I just like switching it up because it makes things feel new And the second thing is to elevate and dramatize any routines that you have by doing the most. Doing the most is the only like quick little phrase I feel like I could use to describe this, but really it's all about just doing the most with the small little routine things. And that could be getting ready, like putting your makeup on, doing your hair, it could be taking a shower, it could be cooking whichever little routine or part of your day it is just do the most with it one way i think that is a great way to sort of do the most is add music to really any occasion but especially to those mundane things like chores cooking 
um, doing your hair, or even when you're carrying out your morning routine. Oh my gosh, I love playing the Moody Taylor Swift playlist on Spotify in the mornings when I make my coffee and breakfast and sort of am getting myself set up to read in the morning because every now and then I like to read for like 10 or 15 minutes in the morning with whatever book I'm reading. I definitely don't do it every single morning, but I love the mornings that I wake up a little bit early and I have time to do it because it's just so nice. I'll shuffle the uh, Moody Taylor Swift playlist on Spotify and I'll have my coffee, you know, I'll be making it and then I'll make my breakfast and it's just sort of playing in the background and then I go sit on the couch and read for like 10 or 15 minutes and it's such a vibe. Like that's something that could be so mundane and boring, like making my coffee and breakfast. If all I did was make my coffee and my breakfast and then go sit on the couch, there's nothing really exciting about it, I guess. And it's like, you know, okay, or using your favorite mug or your favorite straw or your favorite bowl, whatever it may be for your breakfast or your coffee that really just makes the experience that much more exciting and something that you look forward to. And, you know, playing music, like I said, I think is just a great way to sort of enhance a lot of those day-to-day boring chores and everything and you can also you know play a tv show or play a youtube video or listen to a podcast but i think playing music at least if you're you know somebody who just really likes music maybe you don't like music so this isn't really applicable to you but for me personally it's a lot better than constantly consuming content because we don't really realize how much it subconsciously affects us and in my current phase of life i know that i'm very sensitive to consuming other content because of my thought patterns after I watch a couple of YouTube videos, which that probably has to do with what I'm watching, honestly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply and the content I'm consuming instead of, you know, the fact that I am consuming content. But I stopped watching a lot of YouTube videos and I've been using music instead or I've just been trying to switch up the type of content I'm watching in an effort to keep those negative thought patterns from being triggered because I find that I'm making things personal that aren't meant to be taken personally when I consume content. And a lot of people will complain about the person whose content they're consuming when this happens. But honestly, it takes a lot of self-awareness to realize, oh, I'm not meant to take the fact that, you know, they are a successful full-time influencer or content creator and have what appears to be an awesome day-to-day life. I'm taking that personally, and I'm not meant to be taking that personally. And their success doesn't mean that I'm a failure. But even though I know this, the thoughts of, oh, all of those, these influencers whose videos I just watched are better than I am because... They have better brand deals or better numbers or they get to do it full time. Whatever thought it is, that still comes up even though I know that those thoughts aren't facts. They, those thoughts still come up a lot of times when I'm consuming content. And it takes a lot of energy energy for me to recognize those thoughts and tell myself, okay, no, this has nothing to do with you personally, Abby, and then redirect my thinking. So with that being said, TLDR, <laughs> listening to music is sometimes just better for me because I'm not having to 
put in that energy to redirect my thinking and be very wary of those thought pattern spirals that tend to come about when I consume other people's content. But like I said, it has a lot to do with what I am consuming rather other than the fact that I am consuming content because I could probably watch a different style of video instead of like a vlog from an influencer and I wouldn't have any of those thoughts, you know what I mean? But I just feel like my subscription box is has always pretty much been the same besides like a few new people that I found here and there and don't get me wrong I do have influencers and content creators that I do genuinely enjoy watching and I don't you know I don't feel triggered by those um negative thought patterns and those spiral and I don't have those spirals and everything but I do still think sometimes that when I consume content I tend to get that way so I just I go through phases where I'll like avoid it and then I won't and everything so but ultimately, I also think another way you can elevate any routine you have or any mundane sort of chore or experience is to pay mind to your senses and how they can elevate experiences. And I think this is especially true seasonally speaking. So if you think of the fall, well, I know here in Houston, we don't really get much of a fall or four seasons in general. It's just pretty much summer for nine months and winter for three months. And that's pretty much all we have. So with that being said, um, it's a little bit more difficult, but I can still create a fall environment, right, in some ways. So when you think seasonally, you can think of fall with the sight of leaves changing and the fall scents, whether it's, you know, a true crisp air type of scent that you have because you actually get to experience a true fall, or maybe it's, you know, the fall candles that you're burning in your home. And that's a way you can create the fall experience, even if you don't live somewhere that gets a true fall. And, you know, just think of your senses that are related to that season. You know, what what are the things you typically hear and see and smell and touch and all the senses. And I just really think that it's a great way to sort of get yourself to be more present is when you think of your senses and how they are affected and what's going on in those everyday experiences and chores and routines and you know ask yourself what can I do to enhance the sensory experience in any situation especially in those mundane instances so like I said you know maybe you're doing chores maybe you light a candle while you're doing chores that has your favorite smell maybe you're playing your favorite playlist or watching your favorite tv show or you know wearing your favorite outfit because it's or your most comfy outfit and just think of things like that that can really enhance the experience and just take it to the next level even if it's just you know something that is so mundane like washing the dishes or doing chores or cooking and I truly think it makes a world of a difference and I, I one thing I love doing is when I'm cooking I set up like a whole a whole setup I pretty much I love having a candle burning I love having either a YouTube video playing or I'll, you know, be playing my favorite playlist or, you know, and just singing my heart out like with the music. It just makes it so much more of an enjoyable experience than it would be without those things. And the third thing is to take pictures of literally everything. And I've always been this way. I, if there's one thing about me, I am a picture taker. So much so, in fact, that I need a new phone because I am out of storage and I don't know what to do. I... I'm okay right now, but my issue is I will film things for reels or for brand deals on my phone, so I'll have all these video clips, and then I edit most of my reels and TikToks and everything on my phone in CapCut, so when I'm importing that footage, my phone is basically storing the same video twice storage-wise, so my storage gets eaten up really quickly, and I delete the original 
copies of the videos and I delete the projects in CapCut like once I am done with them, once they are final and posted. So I try to keep my space free that way, but I just have, I have too much on my phone and I need to get a phone that's like a terabyte of storage or something. And I swear this is always what happens with phones, with phones. You get the stupid two-year contracts and then you're like a few months shy of your contract being up and owning your phone and not having to actually pay for the device itself anymore on your plan. And then, oh, your battery sucks all of a sudden or, oh, you ran out of storage or, oh, your camera broke. I don't know, something. And it's just so annoying. I feel like this always happens to me with phones. And in January, my contract is up for this phone and I've been so excited because I actually get to expense $60 of my phone bill through because of, through work and it's because I mean I have teams on my phone and you know I'm my phone is important especially during some of my projects when we're like basically on call all day it's like if I go step away for dinner and somebody needs something right away my phone is what tells me I need something right away you know so that's why we can expense it because we have to use our phones for work to an extent so I'm able to expense $60 of my phone bill which is great it's fabulous and I'm thankful for it but the bulk of my phone bill is my stupid phone, like the device itself. And of course, I run out of storage like right before my contract is up. And I don't want to buy out the contract, even though I don't think it would be that much. But I am currently thinking about the fact that my bachelorette trip is in less than two months. And with that, and then also with the fact of just how much is going to be going on during the holidays, just like leading up to the wedding and then the wedding itself, the amount of pictures and videos I'm about to have on my flipping phone and it's already full right now, I'm like, this is an issue. I need to figure something out and I don't know what I'm going to do. So I keep putting it on the back burner, but I think I probably should figure something out with getting more storage on my phone. But anyways, I back to taking pictures of literally everything. I can think of times when I was literally 16 and I would love the way the rays of sunlight that would filter in through my window and onto my sheets looked so I would snap a picture of it and post it on tumblr or post it on my visco it's like each every few years it would sort of just graduate itself to a new app it started out on tumblr and then I'd post it on visco and then I would post it on instagram itself and now I'd say it's probably still an instagram type of picture so I guess we've remained kind of stagnant there but I, and if you go like way back on my Instagram, you can probably find a few photos of something like that where I've taken pictures of the way the light is hitting the sheets or the wall in my room because I am a natural sunlight hoe and I love it. And I just love the way it looks coming in. And you know what? Taking pictures of it, it just makes me feel good. It makes me feel excited. Same thing with like sunrises and sunsets. I, when I was at home um, back in Florida a couple weeks ago on vacation, I, it was so funny because every day I was taking pictures of the beach when I would get there in the morning and I just I, I was telling I think I posted on my story I was like you would think I'm a tourist with the way I post about the beach every day when I'm home and that I had never been here before but I quite literally lived here for majority of my life and you know I'm still so mesmerized every day mesmerized enough to take a picture every single time I'm there even though you know nothing's really changed about the beach like it's still the beach but you know every day I'm like oh it can't get better than this snaps picture next day I say the exact same thing and snap another picture so I don't know I just really appreciate it but you know what there's so much beauty in that and there's so much excitement and joy that comes from it and I love having those pictures to look back on and I truly think the act of taking pictures of things is literally appreciating them it is expressing gratitude and expressing gratitude is a great way to romanticize your life because you're 
paying attention, being intentional about, you know, what you're focusing on and, you know, appreciating those things and having gratitude for them is a beautiful thing. And it's something that's going to make you feel good. And you get to look back on the pictures in the future and appreciate them more than just that one initial time. So you're creating future opportunities for yourself really to romanticize the moment. Don't worry about people judging you. You just need to shamelessly take pictures of the things that you love and appreciate and you know what? You can even use them in photo dumps, whether you're posting them for zero followers or 100,000 followers. You can make all the little photo dumps you want to, and you know, taking pictures of everything is a great way to appreciate things. And for me personally, it definitely kills two birds with one stone because it helps me get a lot of photo options for thumbnails, which is really great for YouTube. And it also helps me get a lot of content for my stories and for photo dumps and stuff like I just mentioned. Number four is to create environments for your hobbies. And this kind of goes hand in hand with the second tip of just doing the most. But ultimately, I think that, you know, thinking of your hobbies and the things that you like to fill your free time with, and then visualizing your ideal environment for those things. So do you like to read? What's your ideal reading environment look like? Create it. Maybe you put a cozy ambiance cabin fireplace loop up on youtube on your tv there are so many little ambiance like 10 hour rolling videos that you can look up i always look them up during christmas time i'll look up like cozy christmas town with snow because i mean obviously that's absolutely not the case in houston ever so i'll look that up on the tv and i'll have my christmas tree lit and i'll drink some hot chocolate while i'm reading and i'm there you go i've created a really cozy ambiance for reading and Maybe you like to turn off your overhead lighting and turn on your lamps and light a candle and plug in your little twinkle lights if you have them. Make a cup of tea, grab your favorite blanket, and that's your ideal reading environment. Create it and indulge in it every time you do that hobby. Or maybe you like to paint. What does your ideal painting setup look like? Create it. Same for cooking or knitting, watching TV, drawing, doing makeup, whatever it may be. So it's really just up to you to envision that environment and do your best to create it in a way that, you know, you can have that experience every time you're doing that hobby because it's really just going to make you appreciate it so much more and it's going to feel so much more special to you and you owe it to yourself to make the most of it like that. Number five is to take action as if no one's watching. And what I mean by this is to make your decisions and do things while pretending no one's around or pretending that no one's going to see the outcome or process of what you're doing. And I kind of mean this, like take this with a grain of salt. I don't mean like make reckless decisions and don't consider others, the impact it's going to make on others with your actions and everything. That's not what I'm saying. I'm more so saying just when you're making little decisions about maybe how you want to spend your time, like what you want to do on your Saturday you're much more likely to make authentic decisions and be true to yourself if you, you know, dance like no one's watching, which is sort of just a metaphor for making decisions and taking action without, you know, considering, oh, what is so-and-so going to think of me? Will so-and-so think I'm weird? Like I said earlier, you know, shamelessly take a ton of pictures and don't care, don't worry about what people are going to think if you post a photo dump on Instagram or don't care about what people are going to think if you all of a sudden love roller skating and that's like your new favorite hobby ever like do what you love shamelessly and take actions if no one's watching dance like no one's watching but like I said take that with a grain of salt don't take that and run with it and make it mean something you know a lot more completely different don't misconstrue it basically <laughs> number six is to give yourself time to romanticize your life 
And this one's just really important because you have to create time for yourself to do things. It's not going to come out of thin air. Um, That's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people will think about romanticizing their life and doing the things that it takes to romanticize their life, but they are sort of confused because they're just like, oh, I don't really feel like I have a lot of time to put into all these things because I already feel like I'm so strung out, but I promise you, you have to just give yourself that extra five or 10 minutes to create that ideal environment or to brainstorm that ideal environment for things. And you have to just create that time for yourself because it's truly isn't going to come out of thin air, whether that's waking up a little bit earlier or setting better boundaries and, you know, not saying yes to everyone and everything. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Or maybe it's staying up a little bit later so that you can, you know, indulge in your hobby of reading. Whatever you have to do, you have to give yourself time to romanticize your life because it does take a little extra time to go that extra mile with some of these things but it's totally worth it because it's going to make your day-to-day experience of living life so much better number seven is more planning and less waiting so stop waiting around on things to happen for you or for people to ask you to do things and i think it's so important to just really get uncomfortable and just start initiating things yourself if you have a desire so if you have the desire to hang out with friends or if you have the desire to go out and have a drink or if you have the desire to go to a workout class don't wait on someone to eat, to do it with you and don't wait on someone to ask you to do it or make the plan with you you know one you can go your by yourself and just do it yourself or you can take initiative and ask the other person Obviously, I say this to an extent because, you know, if you're not really getting any reciprocation from friends, then maybe reevaluate on a person by person basis who you're initiating and asking because you don't want to be the one, you know, obviously putting in all the effort for a friendship or relationship when it comes to this kind of stuff. But I think that it's so important. And I said more planning, less waiting. I should say more doing, less waiting because I think so often we're just like waiting on the perfect moment. We're waiting to feel like we're ready enough or we're waiting to feel a certain way before we do things. And it's just so much better to just jump in and do them because you're not experiencing life when you're trying to meticulously plan out things and wait for the right moment or wait for things to feel right you're not living when you're doing that you're living by doing so more doing less waiting let me correct what i said earlier not more planning more doing less waiting and jumping into the action will absolutely help you romanticize your life because it's going to help you experience more things experience new things it's going to help you get comfortable being uncomfortable by doing those things that may make you feel a little uncomfortable by taking an initiative and asking someone to do something or doing something you've never done before and ultimately I think that it's a great way to really get yourself to feel like you're truly living again and really just romanticizing your life number eight is to celebrate all wins big and small and to celebrate all the big and small wins of those around you too so one example of this I always think about um just like graduations and I know like a lot of 
high schoolers and college students you know a lot of people are like oh I don't care I think high school most people probably care to walk the stage but I know in college a lot of people just like do not care to walk the stage but if you know you're gonna be in the place like in the town with your you know where where you're getting your degree like at your school I don't know why that (laughs) was so hard for me to say but if you are where you got your degree like when your graduation is happening go walk the flipping stage like celebrate yourself and maybe that's like the very last thing you want to do and you just don't feel like that's romanticizing your life fine but at least you know just get a cap and gown off amazon and take a little picture in it just to commemorate the moment and to like oh it you know just pay that like little small act of honoring yourself for all the effort and work you put in you know go to your graduations walk the stage or you know go get a small little cake from Publix or HEB or something and celebrate yourself it's so important to celebrate the big and small wins because if you only wait to like celebrate the really big things you're just not really paying any mind to the small stepping stones that get you to that final big celebration point right and then by not celebrating those smaller things you're sort of telling yourself that you know, they don't matter as much or that they're seemingly small and kind of like the quote of today's episode said, you know, they're just like a forward to the big, you know, part of your life. But you don't want to treat things like that. You want to celebrate all the wins, big and small. And it's, you know, hard to do so because I know we're really busy in life. And I think a lot of times too, the people around us can make us feel that our accomplishments aren't very important, especially if there are people who aren't in support of what we're doing or especially if maybe you're on a completely different timeline maybe you like went back to college and got a degree later that doesn't make it any less of an accomplishment you are just as accomplishment accomplished as anybody else who has walked that stage your age does not define you of when you got that degree and that's why i think it's so important to celebrate it because it's like you put in the work for something celebrate it and whether it's a big win or a small win and the same goes for the the people around you you know celebrate your friends in the same way too because I promise you you know just as much as you want that support on your days of winning you know they want it too so I think that that's a really great way to romanticize your life because you're really relishing in the moment of completion of something and you know it really makes you stop and recognize all of your efforts rather than just plowing through to the next one and not paying any mind to everything you just did Number nine is to be your own best friend. How often do we show ourselves the same love, care, and support that we so freely give to our friends or significant others or family? Just because you start giving it to yourself too, that doesn't mean that you have to stop giving it to others. And whether it's words of affirmation or compliments or acts of service to yourself, you know, whatever your love language is, just be your own best friend like you owe it to yourself to at least you know give yourself those same acts of service and the same words of affirmation and compliments and everything and at the end of the day you know you are there for you and you can count on you and you know everybody else it's like you never fully know if they're gonna be like able to drop everything and be there for you basically you can't like a hundred percent rely on anybody at any given moment basically but you know you are always there for yourself so at least you know be your own best friend and enjoy the time that you spend with yourself find ways to 
have alone time that you really value that recharges you and that really makes you appreciate your alone time and just appreciate your life in general and whether you do that through you know journaling or going on walks or going on coffee dates with yourself running errands whatever way you do it just you know be your own best friend and soak it up and i am somebody that spends a ridiculous amount of time alone especially when you (laughs) take into account my work days the fact that I like work from home like 98% of the time and I'm just like alone in a room for majority of the day and same thing with the weekends it's like I usually am working one of the days of the weekend too with you know content creation creation stuff and with all of that being said you know I have to be able to enjoy my own company because I am with myself a lot of times and I have to be my own best friend so I have to be very in tune with my wants and my needs and you know it's hard because a lot of times I feel very pressured to you know do certain things with my time or live my life a certain way or be a certain way but ultimately knowing myself and being my own best friend is really what helps me keep things as me as possible and genuine and authentic as possible so that I can you know spend my time the way that I truly feel I need to and not feel pressure to do other things or maybe I feel pressure but I don't give in to the pressure of doing other things and being your own best friend is just so important I think it's a great way to romanticize your life because so there are so many times in our life where we will be you know alone by ourselves whether you just graduated college and you're living in a new city by yourself and you don't know anybody yet and you live alone in an apartment you know, you can either choose to not be your own best friend and not learn how to spend time with yourself and enjoy that time alone and pretty much hate the majority of your days because you're spending most of your time alone. Or you can, you know, really just become your own best friend and take yourself on coffee dates and, you know, really romanticize your nighttime routine and your morning routine and all the things you do so that you really enjoy your time alone. You know, you have both options it's really just up to you to choose what you do with your time when you're alone so you know it's up to you but I truly think that being your own best friend is something that is really really helpful for romanticizing your life and just making the most of those mundane moments especially when you're in your 20s and like those transition phases of life whether it's you just got the college and you don't really have any friends yet or don't know anybody or you know you're you just graduated from college and you're looking for a job or you just start a new job and you don't really have any friends yet in a new city I hear you in both ways because I was the same way in college like I had to become my own best friend and really learn what I love to do in my free time because I didn't really have any friends like for the first little bit of college like it was really hard for me so I just figured out how I like to spend my time and I became my own best friend and relied on myself to you know do the things I wanted to do I didn't I went to new coffee shops and I tried new places on my own shamelessly like I was like I will go to this coffee shop and study by myself I don't care and you know I went and found new restaurants that I liked and everything or whatever it may be um you know I spent time with myself and I became my own best friend and poured that time into myself instead of like waiting on someone else to be there to pour it into them And the last thing is to use vision boards and lists. And this one is so helpful, just especially for those like very hands-on tangible people. And I think that lists, bucket lists are a great way to romanticize your life. And it may sound really cheesy and stupid, but y'all know I do my seasonal bucket list every year. And while I definitely do not cross off probably like half the things on them every year, it still is such a great way for me to romanticize a new season of life and to just 
make myself excited for what's to come instead of being like, oh, another three months of working at my desk the majority of my weeks and my days. Great. Can't wait. No, I don't even think about that when I'm making my seasonal bucket list because I'm just so excited for all the things on my seasonal bucket list. So it's a great way for me to romanticize my life. And I think a lot of us think bucket lists have to be these extravagant things or expensive things, but it doesn't have to be like that. You can make bucket lists of coffee shops you want to visit in your city or your town. I have one of those and it's like one of my favorite lists because I'll see something on TikTok or Instagram of a new coffee shop I want to try. I add it to my list and I have my little coffee shop bucket list and that's like a six dollar activity for me that I do every now and then. So yes, it may cost money, but it's not something that's like super expensive like you probably would typically think of with bucket lists. And same thing with like books you want to read, like your to be read list. Like I love updating my Goodreads with all the books I want to read. And it's a it's a bucket list for books, basically. And it's a great way to give yourself something to look forward to. And I think giving yourself something to look forward to and get excited about is a very key part of romanticizing your life. And maybe there's some playlists you want to make. You want to make a workout playlist. You want to make a playlist for when you're driving at night. You want to make a playlist for when you're working all day, um, you know, little things like that. Bucket lists don't have to be these extravagant things you're doing. It can be little things like books you want to read or recipes you want to try or playlists you want to make, like I said. So envision boards are really helpful just because they really help you visualize how you want your life to feel so you can do your best to embody that with making the decisions you make and everything like that. So I think with the decisions you make and how like you're living out your life, who you're surrounding yourself with and everything like that. If you have a good idea of how you want things to feel, you can make a vision board that reflects that and it'll really just help you sort of make things a lot more tangible. And I think that creating a vision board can help you get really excited for goals you have. So if you have certain goals you have set, you can make vision boards that incorporate the way achieving those goals will make you feel and everything and it can be really helpful for getting giving yourself that motivation and just really romanticizing the process of reaching that goal and achieving that goal and it doesn't have to be about goals for vision boards but that's just an example um you can really i think that vision boards have always been a way for me to romanticize the grunt work of reaching a goal i have you know like when i was in college and i was studying a lot and when I was taking my CPA exams and I was studying a lot, my vision boards a lot of the time, like it would be like very aesthetically pleasing studying situations because I was trying to romanticize the grunt work that, because I mean, honestly and truly just being 100% transparent, there's nothing, you know, fun or enticing about studying for exams, right? But I can romanticize that process by you know, taking myself to a coffee shop that I love or just picking up my favorite coffee before I study for the day or having a desk set up that I really look forward to sitting at every day, whatever it may be. But, you know, having a vision board that sort of has pictures of those types of things or embodies that process is a way for you to romanticize that whole grunt work process of reaching that goal. And it really helps you to look past the I guess, more negative feelings associated with those things that come with achieving that goal. Um, The things that are a lot less glamorous, I guess you could say. So ultimately, I think the more you do each of these things in your daily life and appreciate the small and mundane things just as much as those big and exciting moments, you will really start to look forward to your days so much more. And it will be so much more of an enriching and empowering living experience if you can just romanticize the small things so much more. And I think that these 10 things are 
really, really great ways for you to look at things that are already happening in your life and for you to just enhance them a little bit. Because, you know, we're all, we all have our wins, big and small, and we can all be our own best friend. We can all make vision boards and lists, and we can all idealize our, I, idealize, I, I don't really know what I'm trying to say here. We can all envision our ideal environments um, for our hobbies, and we can all take pictures of things. Like, these are all things that we already do in our life that we can just take to the next level and really romanticize our life with. So I hope that this episode was really inspiring for you all, especially those of you who needed that inspiration to really just start romanticizing the living crap out of your life. I totally feel you. Um, But I hope you all enjoyed this episode. And like I said, be sure to leave a review if you haven't already and follow In Bloom Podcast on Instagram. It's just at In Bloom Podcast. And if you want to keep up with me as well, you can follow my Instagram. It's always in the show notes. And I also upload YouTubes on videos or upload YouTubes on videos. No, I upload videos on YouTube every week as well. If you want more content from me and want to keep up with me there, but thank you all so much for listening. And I will talk to you all next Monday.